everybody, and welcome back to the Morning Moxie Show. I'm Alicia Sharp, your host, and today we have Erwin McManus on the show. And he is talking to us about believing big things from God. I love this message because he really instills hope that we can believe God for big things. So many of us feel like we don't deserve it or that it's just not meant to be for us to have this thing or to do this thing or to be this thing. When God has put it in our hearts, you know, and a lot of times we just limit him. Well, that's just not me. I just can't do it because, and we have all these long lists of reasons as to why we can't. When we only need one reason, and that's Jesus. And he says, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We can do great things. Jesus said, in John, that we would do greater things than even he did on this earth. So we've got to raise our expectations. We've got to start believing big things. Now listen to Erwin McManus here because he's talking about this one story where he just saw God move in a miraculous way. And it's such an encouraging story. And remember that that same kind of thing can happen in your life as well. It doesn't have to be just the pastors that you hear about. It doesn't have to be the people that you think have all this great faith. You can have that faith too. You can see the miracles in your life if you believe. Here's Erwin. A woman was married to a man who lived for God and then he died. And he left them bankrupt and now her sons are going to be sold as slaves. And they go to the prophet Elisha for help. Listen, 2 Kings chapter 4. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that he revered the Lord, and now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has Nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into the jars as each is filled. Put it to one side. She left him and shut the door behind her, her and her sons. And they brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. And she kept pouring and pouring and pouring and pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there's not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, and he said, go, sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. I think this moment, is so critical for her own faith. Here's a woman who's at the end of herself, who doesn't know what to do. But instead of becoming embittered toward God, she runs to the man of God and says, this is where I am. This is where my life is. This is what I've come to. And I love what he says to her, how can I help you? She goes, I just explained to you. We're broke. Our creditors taking away my boys. They're going to become slaves. Why does Elisha say, how can I help you? Because God is always going to ask you, what do you want? How can I help you? And then he says, all right, 
tell me what do you have in your house? And she says, I have nothing at all, which I think is the problem for so many of us. We just, we just don't think we have enough for God to use. And I love the fact that his first question to her is, what do you have? And she says, nothing. He goes, well, rethink that. You have something. Because God wants that something. He wants you to take that something that you have and make it everything that you have. So that you give everything you have to God so that he can give you everything he has. There's going to be a great exchange here. She says, I have nothing at all except a small jar of olive oil. She says, all right. I want you to go to all your neighbors and I want you to ask them for all their empty jars, which is not really helpful. But she goes to all the neighbors. I don't even know how many she goes to. And she starts asking for all the empty jars. And he does give her one bit of insight. Don't ask for just a few. Say, I love this because Elisha knew God. He knew how generous God was. He knew exactly what God wanted to do in her life. And he said, go ask for empty jars, but don't just ask for a few. Go get as many jars as you can. See, I think so many of us are convinced that God can barely fill our one small jar. He said, go get all the empty jars you can. Pull them together. And then lock yourself in so that no one can say anyone did this but God. And take that little bit of oil you have and start pouring into all those empty jars. And she poured and she poured and she poured. And by that time she got it. God is a generous God. God does more than we could ever ask or imagine. This is the kind of God that we serve. And she just kept pouring and pouring and pouring. And finally she says to her son, bring me another jar. I, I wouldn't want to be her son when, when he said, that's all we got. He said, by that time, she finally understood the character of God. She finally understood the generosity of God. She finally understood that God wanted to prosper her, and to bless her, and to pour into her life. So my wife, Kim, and I, we spent 10 years working with the urban poor. We went to the highest crime rate, murder rate area of the United States at the time in Dallas. We went to a zip code that was so violent that the city officers were not allowed to go down there. I spent my life with drug dealers and drug addicts and prostitutes and drug cartels. And there was no fame or fanfare. No one saw what we were doing except God. And we were gonna buy some land and try to put a little church building there. It would be the first church that was put into the city in the United States after decades of white flight, people leaving the center of the city. And I saw this perfect piece of land. There was no building on it. I thought, God, just save this land for us. It was perfect. As I started walking on this land, and I would pray the words in Joshua that everywhere the sole of your foot touches, that's yours. So I would walk on that property, and people thought I was out of my mind. I would just walk around that property and say, this is mine. This is mine. We're claiming this. God, you're giving this to us. I remember one time this man came up to me. He was huge. And he said, what are you doing? I said, I'm walking on this property. It's, and I'm asking God to give it to us. He goes, well, if, you, if, if you'll pray for dirt, would you pray for me? And so I prayed for him and, and became this place where people would meet me. So I went to an association of churches that we were connected to. And I convinced them to buy this property for us. It wasn't that much money, but at the time it seemed so huge. And I convinced him because I said, look, if we don't succeed, because you don't think our church is going to make it, right? He goes, no, you're not going to make it. So that's okay. If we don't make it, you can sell the property and make so much more money on it. Because after all, we're supposed to be in real estate, right? And 
That, that's a joke. <laughs> so he bought the property for us. And then when they did all the testing, they did two core samples that went something like 25 feet deep. And they realized that I had led them to buy a landfill. They went 25 feet deep and never found soil. Now I, I was in my late twenties and I was so new to faith and I was so confused why God would do this. And, and, and I felt so inadequate. In fact, I walked into this man's office. I had never heard like a, a, I never heard like a believer use any like profane language before, but that was the first time. <laughs> and he went on to tell me, you know, that piece of, you know, garbage you talked us into buying. And he goes, well, we'll, we'll never work with you again. I led them to spend their money to buy a landfill and I, I felt so ashamed and so inadequate. And I thought, this is, this is, this is my life, my story. And other people were building these great churches and doing these great works. And, and I'm the pastor of a landfill. I, I'm the pastor of the dump. That, that, I, and, and it was so frustrating to me. And so I, I went to our small little congregation. I didn't have any choice. I said, we bought a landfill. We can't sell it because now we can't lie to anyone. The people who sold to us lied to us. But we can't lie to anyone, so we're stuck with a landfill. And this handful of people, and I just said, all we can do is pray that God would perform a miracle. See, I know what was going on with these two blind men. They were desperate, and so they prayed a big prayer. See, I know what happened with this widow. She was desperate, and so she prayed a big prayer. And I wonder if we get angry with God when he puts us into desperate circumstances and we don't realize that it's only in our desperation that we start believing God to be who he actually is. And so we prayed and we prayed and we prayed and people would come from, from other states and say, hey, what are you going to do with that landfill? We were famous as the church with the landfill. <laughs> and then one day, one of the ladies in our church, I said, hey guys, let's, let's Let's pray for the landfill. And we had these guests from the outside. And one of them asked that question again. What are you guys going to do with the landfill? And I just couldn't take that question anymore. I could feel the condescension. I could feel people laughing at me. And this little lady said, oh, we've already taken care of it. We've asked God to turn it into soil. And when she said that, I thought, yeah, that's right. We know what we want. Of course, that's what we're praying. So I went back to the association. I said, I need you to do a third core sample. He goes, why? So I just need you to do a third core sample. Just trust me. And he goes, son, I hate when people call me son. <laughs> son, we've done two core samples. You know how much money we've lost because of you? He said, you've lost so much money. Couldn't you just waste another 3,000 on one more core sample? <laughs> I don't know why, but he did. And I'm telling you, I'm standing before you today. That when they took that third core sample, that land that was a landfill came out soil. And I remember when we started building on that property. And I remember when we put that little building right in the middle of South Dallas in the highest crime rate, highest murder rate area of the entire United States. And we put that cross on top of that little building it was our declaration that if we give God our empty jars with just the smallest amount of oil and then we ask him for great things, he will show up and be the great God. That was Erwin McManus, and you can find that on YouTube if you search under Erwin McManus, 
Ask God for More, Praise on TBN. You can also find out more information at his website, which is thegeniusof.com. I hope that you have a fabulous day today and that you believe God for big things in your life and in the lives of people around you and that you know that you can live a 320 life. God bless you.